Oh hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation episode number 58. We're here, it's Nick and Joe in the studio, aka my upstairs bonus room. (laughs) (laughs) The studio. With some microphones in it. Yeah, I mean, what really is a studio? Is it not just a room with microphones or recording equipment? I I like it. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what the definition of studio is, but we've got our studio. Hey, we actually have a neon light here, beer-themed neon light. we got a nice yingling neon sign. Not just yingling, yingling light. It's a yingling light light. <laughs> <laughs> yingling light light. I don't know the last time I had yingling light. I've had yingling. You know, every once in a while I get a nice tingling for a yingling. You but get a nice tingling. I don't know about a yingling light. Yeah, I, don't, I think I had... They have another light. It's Yingling. Yeah, I know what flight you're talking about. Or flight, yeah, it it's something, some other variety, but it's a it's a locale mm-hmm. version. Yeah, kind of reminds me of basically what Mick Ultra is to <laughs> Yingling. Yeah, Yingling's Mick Ultra. Um, but anyway, that's not why we're here. So we are here. Secondary fermentation episode number fifty-eight. Like I said, Elsie is. Not with us at the moment. She is nine months pregnant and very soon encroaching on her (laughs) due date. So she'll be out of the picture for a little while here. So you'll just have our lovely voices. Uh, And we've got a beer here, as we always do. Let's give it a little bit of a crack here. All right. Mm, What have we got? We have Endless Rain by Hopfly Brewing Company. Pick this up in uh, the Rocky Mount Mills in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Oh yeah, was that from the uh, music festival that was there? Yeah, they have like a a free concert concert. series. Yeah, outdoor concert and uh, able to swing around in the Mills area and grab beers from pretty much anywhere because they all give you like a plastic cup and you can take it out in the Mills area. Uh, This was one of the beers that uh, one of our buddies Tyler had, and when we were leaving, I asked Elsie if she wanted to get some four packs so that way she could have some beer when she's no longer with child uh and now i'm drinking them (laughs) oh sorry did you actually want these oh whoops no we left a couple for uh but this is a hazy ipa uh you got that can see the stats on there yeah we've got six and a half percent abv like you said it's a hazy ipa brewed with citra Rewaka and Vic's Secret Hops. It's double dry hopped. So definitely really fragrant, which is what you're going for with the dry hop. Oh, for sure. Getting a ton of nose. Great head on it, too. Fluffy, creamy white foam. Yeah. Might even say pillowy. Pillowy. Not quite milk pour, but shout out to episode number 57 if you haven't listened. <laughs> shout out to 57. <laughs> 57. Yeah. Just like Heinz. <laughs> <laughs> I was... uh. Just in Sacramento, uh, Jen and I went out there for a week, and we went to a brewery that was about a half hour outside. I think actually it's in Davis, so like mm. UC Davis University. Shout out! Um, they have a brewery called Sudverks, and they have their award-winning Pilsner on draft, but they also have it as a side pull option. Ooh. I was thinking back to episode fifty-seven. So give me that side pull. <laughs> give me that side pull. That sounds kind of wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, give me that side pull. <laughs> the the waitress actually was very, I thought it was very nice of her to mention uh, that it was become extra foamy 
And that's how mm-hmm. it comes. And she's like, just want you to know that. I was like, oh, no, no, that's okay. That's all right. I know. That's what I'm here for. That's what I, I know. Make it extra foamy for me. I know about my side pulls. <laughs> I just said, give me a, uh, give me a schnitt. Schnitt. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you just She'd say? She'd be like, what the hell did you say? <laughs> but uh, anyway, digression to the side. So yeah, this uh, Endless Rain, definitely nice haze to it. Nice pillowy head. Super full aroma. Juicy um, aroma. My gosh. It's, yeah. You can just tell Lots it's going to of... be like a flavorful, juicy, fruity, oh, yeah. stone fruit beer. Really nice mouthfeel too. Super smooth, not overly like biting or dry. Um, no, it's very. It's not like mouth coating, but it, I mean, again, it's kind of like juicy. It's kind of like pretty thirst quenching almost, which is not necessarily what I expect from a big hazy IPA. Except some people love crushing hazies in the summer. I'm yeah. more of a crispy boy for the summers. Crispy, but this is a. Uh, Pretty dang tasty. Pretty sweet tasting, too, yeah. but I think it's more of like a deception from the hop flavors. Yeah, I'm definitely getting some flavors of like pineapple juice, like a crushed pineapple. Oh, yeah, that's a good. A little bit of citrus, too. A little bit of like maybe some tangerine or something or clementine. Just like a really nice, juicy, sweet orange. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah it's rounded out to some other, like you mentioned, stone fruits. Kind of rounded like out with a little some, nectarine or something. Yeah. Maybe some kind of like melon. It just kind of has like a really mellowed out, but like overly sweet fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really nice. Really nice balance. I mean, there's a little bit of an underlying, not like bitterness, but a little bit of like pininess to it. So it kind mm-hmm. of kind of helps keep it from just being overly saturated with that sweet, juicy flavor. Got and you said this balance. is what? Chinook, Vic Secret, and Rowaka. Oh, actually, Citra Hop, so oh, citra. that's where that orange must be coming through. This can also is really cool. It's just got like a plain white label, but it's got this billowy black smoke. Yeah, it kind of looks like Cloud. one of those inkblot tests. Yeah. What do you see in it, Nick? <laughs> uh, actually, if you hold it far away, it kind of looks like it could be... A beer can. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like a can of beer. Yeah, I don't know. It almost looks like uh, somebody dropped a can of black paint Ooh, on a white canvas. That's what you didn't want to say. That means you're a psychopath. You're going to yeah. kill us all. Yeah, I think I look at ink block tests and I just see things too literally. <laughs> hmm, looks like a blot of ink. Looks like somebody poured some paint on a piece of paper and folded <laughs> it in half. Yes. And it made a mirror image of itself. Oh my God. Why would you say that? Get out of here. But, uh, yeah, so this beer is good. Nice little show opener. Uh, what else do we want to talk about today? Well, I'm sure as you've seen in the beer news, if anybody's following the beer news out there, that uh, one of the sort of craft beer staples and kind of under-the-radar breweries as of late, Anchor Brewing Company, uh, is peeling back their distribution and no longer going to be sold like stateside pretty much only going to be in their california based area which uh town are they in uh san francisco san fran yeah so pretty shocking to only distribute to their home state of california uh that was the biggest news but also notably at the same time and the uh the announcement from their publicist or their you know public relations rep they're 
fan favorite Christmas ale, which they brew. Uh, basically, it's their anchor Christmas ale. They start brewing in the summertime and release it around November. It's not going to be out this year. I'm not familiar myself with it, but from what I've read from people that have had it, including mm. some of the the locals, and I think even some of the employers at Anchor, they're pretty pretty bummed about that because, you know, for one, it's tradition. It has a, a long history. the uh, The Christmas ale I read was actually the first like post prohibition holiday ale that oh, was wow. brewed. So it's been kind of just like a a figure. You know, it's, it's got its lore in the craft beer story in the United States and uh, definitely going to be missed by those who have had it. They did say they will probably have a small batch of it that'll be only available at their tap room for uh, visitors to try, but uh, not going to be distributed and mm-hmm. sold commercially like it has historically been. So yeah, and a lot they, of big changes in, mm-hmm. in anchor. They said that the, you know, about 70% of their sales come from the San Francisco area and, kind of their home base in California. So pretty disappointing. I mean, Anchor Steam, I remember, I have distinct memories of Anchor Anchor Steam uh, in college. It was one of the first like hoppy beers that I actually was like, oh, I can drink this. It's pretty mm. approachable, you know, it's not like too crazy. I had it and I got it from a local bottle shop, uh, which was pretty cool, pretty big uh, beer place. But uh, yeah, they had that and I was like, yeah, let's try and see. And it was, I was like, this, I really like this. And it kind of got me, trending towards hoppy at that time at time i was still a real you know stouts and the darker the beer the better you oh know, yeah. that kind of a deal but uh it really started to tip my hat towards hops a little bit yeah because it you know it's a style that's pretty unique i would say you know we've maybe talked a little bit about the uh the california common ale which that style's name actually was pretty much spearheaded by the movement that Anchor Brewing had done with their Anchor Steam. It's a it's a beer that's brewed with a lager yeast, which is a, bom- a bottom fermenting yeast, but they use like what is known as uh, an ale fermentation temperature. And so basically you get this beer that is going to have qualities of some ales brewed with the uh, typically bottom fermenting lager yeast. And it's kind of similar to what we talked about with, you know, the IPLs or the India Pale Lagers and the cold IPAs. Similar techniques or, uh, I guess, approach to brewing with different types of yeast at different uh, fermentation temperatures. So they kind of carved out that path and got the style to actually be known as a a California common ale as far as being judged in competitions and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they've been... Certainly big pioneers in the craft beer movement in the United States being the, you know, notably known as one of the first, or if it could be the very first craft brewery opened in the United States. So to see them kind of pull back a little bit, you know, it's definitely a little shocking, but they've undergone a lot of changes in the last decade or so. Um, so, you know, I think this might be a little bit surprising and maybe a little alarming, but, you know, hopefully in in the end it'll work out and they'll be able to sustain you know a smaller scale distribution market and not have to shut down like some other craft breweries we've seen struggle and ultimately have to uh you know ultimately just shut the doors entirely so yeah so it has a big history too in in the u.s i mean it was opened in 1896 lots of changes and and things going along but then fritz maytag uh bought it in 1965 
and then really changed, you know, the, the skate, the landscape and created that steam beer and moving forward. So mm-hmm. it was kind of considered one of the first like steps towards craft beer. Uh, and then, you know, to be followed by, you know, Ken Grossman and all the yep. other pioneers that are out there uh, really making beer. So big, huge thing, huge to see that they're distro is is dropping down and a little sad we can't get it here even though i haven't had it in quite a while i think the last time i had one was uh, maybe a year or two ago now uh, actually at an unlikely place that's not a beer bar but it was at uh, just a, a music hall and oh. somewhat rowdy venue in in greenville <laughs> <laughs> rowdy that's a good term mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean they've managed to survive a lot of you know turmoil and tragedy in their history if anything could go wrong, it went wrong for this place. There was, you know, fires that burnt down the location. They had to rebuild somewhere else. Then they had, you know, prohibition came around in the twenties. And so they had to be closed. You know, we talked recently about FX Matt and how they kind of made do during prohibition, but most breweries just had to basically shut down operations. Luckily they were able to reopen after prohibition was repealed and uh, kind of continued from there with new owners but uh, then again, you know, another fire came and wiped out the location. They had to rebuild again, went through more ownership changes, kind of went on the verge of bankruptcy before Fritz came in and, you know, took over. So, yeah, definitely a lot of a lot of trouble in their history. And they managed to stay afloat or kind of revamp the Anchor brand over and over again, despite all these trials and tribulations. And so, um, and most recently, you know, we didn't really get to this yet, but it was uh, 2017, they were bought by Sapporo, which is a Japanese-based beer company, global giant in the macro beer gang. So, yeah. so they were owned. So no longer independent craft brewery, but still had their, you know, their ability to brew the same beers and produce the way they were doing that. And uh, as recently as 2019, I believe, the, uh, the employees of uh, Anchor Brewing actually decided and voted to start a union. So they kind of were... In a way, almost a pioneer for the like unionize, unionization of breweries or brewery mm-hmm. employees, and um, and so that's still going strong today. So I think you know there's a lot more that we'll see come out after uh, the dust kind of settles with this news. Yeah, but uh, you know, hoping for the best for them, they're able to dial back and maybe uh, increase production, and and who knows, maybe someday they'll be able to distribute again outside of the state of California, but. Their uh their public relations rep Scott Single act- Singer actually mentioned that you know they're having a tough time with the market right now the craft beer market is is tough and there's been a rising cost of the of making the beer you know they do like I said use a particular style or technique mm-hmm. of brewing so definitely an expensive venture and so when you realize you're kind of not making a lot of margin you have to make these tough decisions and he said that actually it had been discussed for the better part of a year so not something that was taken lightly they took a lot of time to kind of digest the mm-hmm. situation and ultimately decided this was the best move to yeah scale back distribution mm-hmm. so definitely yeah. big news though yeah and i didn't realize they're owned by sapporo i didn't realize that uh stone joined the uh <laughs> anchor <laughs> yeah, so stone and uh, stone and anchor sapporo stone, anchor. <laughs> <A> stone anchor <laughs> yeah I wonder if they've done any collaboration, Stone and Anchor Brewing. I don't know. Stanker. Stanker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a stanker. Yeah, it's a stanker. But, uh, yeah, so if you're interested at all about 
reading Anchor Brewing Company's story, check out their website. They've got a really cool timeline kind of detailing uh, the, the chronology of their their history. And uh, you can read about all the terrible events that they've experienced <laughs> making it to uh, 2023. Tragedy. But uh, It's going to become a lifetime TV show. Yeah. Or a straight to Apple TV documentary. <laughs> I don't know actually if Apple TV would pick that up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, hops, not we didn't really speak of hops, but <laughs> oh, I mean, there's hops. Just coming to come up with a second. <laughs> Is that they do dry hop anchor steam steam beer? No, that's why it's dry like hopped. a multi multi thing, but it's mm. a little dry hopped. At least what they just said on their website when I was looking it up. So it does give it a little bit of a bitter finish, a little more flavor. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of hops, we wanted to take a little time today to talk about hops in North Carolina, uh, which is not something you really think about. You know, when I think of hop production, I definitely don't think of North Carolina. And when I was looking it up, uh, rightfully so, you know, the statistics for uh, hop growing in the United States is, you know, primarily in that Yakima Valley region, really concentrated there up to like 96% of the United States hop production comes from that area with only 4% coming from other areas. Uh, And North Carolina's in that little bit of 4% there. So you don't really think of uh, hops in North Carolina, but uh, some researchers are trying to change that and, you know, adapt hops to the climate in North Carolina and be able to supply the 350 plus breweries in North Carolina uh, yep. with a steady supply of, of local flavorful hops. Yeah. And yeah, definitely not something I thought about either. I actually got this tip from Gretchen, uh, Jen's mom. She has a magazine subscription that talks all about things in our great state of North Carolina. One of the recent articles, they actually mentioned the progress that the researchers at NC state have been making on the North Carolina hop varieties. I mean, as you mentioned, it's just, we're not a climate that is suitable for hops. You think, you know, we, we've got a pretty good climate for a lot of different crops here, but crops are so sensitive to climactic conditions that if you sort of put them outside of their natural comfort, comfort zone, zone, they will not <laughs> thrive in the way you want them to. Now they have been able to grow them and you can grow hops here. No problem. Mm-hmm. The, well, I shouldn't say no problem. The The problem therein lies that your yield is significantly reduced because of a lot of different factors. Um, they really like an arid climate, and we're not arid at all here in North Carolina. No. Way too much moisture. Um, the other problem is that we don't get enough sunlight. Uh, if you know anything about the north, they have typically longer days, more sun, and that's really needed for the hops to thrive for a longer season of yield whereas here we get basically good growth during our kind of ideal months for Mm -hmm. the hot plants but uh, the vines just really need to have that extra sun to have that arid climate to grow for longer and produce longer and so we just don't get the yield that would be necessary to say you know continuously fuel a craft brewery in the north carolina area uh, to solely be based off of North Carolina hops. They'd still need to supplement them from other sources unless mm-hmm. you're like this tiny, tiny little brewery that brews, you know, very small batches. 
Yeah, and it's too hot here too. I mean, hops like it a little bit cooler, yeah. so that cooler, dry, just cool. climate. So that's why the <laughs> Pacific Northwest is, you know, where a lot of them grow and and thrive. So, uh, we've got some researchers with the uh, NC State, the Extension Program. They're trying to basically selectively breed hops to produce some strains that will be, you know, more robust in their crop yield. But also, they're trying to make take a little spin on it, is uh, produce some unique flavors and some unique varieties for North Carolina to really, you know, expand its its beer scene with. So, very cool movement started back. I saw some mention on their website, you know, they, they had a little trial run or a, a beginning period from 2010 to 2012. But in their most recent stuff, they said that the NC Hops Project really kicked off in 2016 uh, with expansion of their growing yards. Uh, and it's mainly focused out in the Asheville area, right? Out uh, Mills River, that area. Yeah, so, you know, the team is led by some researchers from NC State. But, yeah, the, the actual farms are out in the western part of North Carolina near Asheville in the Mills River area, which is, you know, no coincidence that Sierra Nevada's out there. And Sierra Nevada is very good at doing, you know, these kind of like local sourced uh, fresh hop beers Granted, on a much smaller scale than their flagships, like their pale ale, because those have there's just no way they can produce enough local hops for that. But they have been working with uh, the local uh, farms, where Dr. Janine Davis and Dr. Luping Q have been producing these since they started the NC or NC Extension Project. So, yeah, it's something we see out west, and it's affecting the scene quite a bit in the small time it's been, you know underway so we're seeing a lot of crossbreeding that's been done like you mentioned there's a need to kind of like genetically breed different varieties of hops or kind of make adjustments to get the hop species basically adjusted to this climate here to thrive more and uh yeah so dr q has been doing a lot of things with uh some like chinook hops some cascade hops making his own varieties right now there's two varieties of north carolina hops that have been doing really well in production the uh they're known as nc 1601 and nc 1707 um, looking really promising so far so they mentioned that nc 1707 has a delightful fruity kind of like estery quality it's really good for golden ales and things of that type of style and they've got the nc 1601 hop which makes for a spicier kind of more well-rounded beer i think you could use that like in a winter warmer or some kind of amber ale or something you want with a little bit more like phenolic character to it so Mm -hmm. two different varietals that are doing really well really promising and uh, dr q is going to continue making these kind of breeding modifications finding plants that are doing well kind of crossbreeding them and and just making kind of like a super species or uh, variety of hops that are going to grow well in north carolina it's been taking off a lot since you know, the mid 2010s and, uh, and as, as of today, I mean, they're getting to that season where breweries in the North Carolina area, especially Western North Carolina are starting to get some of that yield. Um, so it's really exciting to see. I'd like to be able to go out there when they're kind of at their peak and just see what Western breweries in North Carolina are doing with those hops and, and try a fully local NC grown hops beer. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great to to give that a try and, and see what's out there. 
you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, hop production in the U.S. I did want to mention that there was, like, hop production in the U.S. has kind of hopped around a little bit, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> uh, you know, since uh, basically the U.S. was colonized. Uh, but, you know, when it started out in the New England area, you know, because what, really what we're talking about for ideal hop growing conditions for the species that are, you know, American hops is around that 48th parallel. So more north uh, in the country for sure. But uh, the upstate New York area was actually a pretty prominent hop growing region until they were struck with like a huge uh, aphid problem. And it really just destroyed the crops. Oh, geez. Like, and then they just never tried again to, to make any more. So it pretty much wiped it out. And then they all, you know, kind of moved that production across the country and and that's where we are now. So it's interesting to see some selective breeding going on, mm-hmm. uh, changing. I guess this is a form of uh, GMO, <laughs> but not not in the sense that you would think. And it wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't be labeled as GMO. It's the good old fashioned selective breeding for traits that we want. Uh, but yeah, so it's exciting to see that they've got a couple strains in in that NC sixteen oh one and NT NC seventeen oh seven that they're able to use and actually partnering with a few breweries. You know, if you go online, you can see some information uh in collaboration with sierra nevada that they've you know created a pale ale and whatnot with them but then there's another brewery uh in what how do you say that town nick etowah 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 north carolina uh that's been also growing some beer that's really focused on making you know locally sourced beers pretty much from every ingredient uh oh right yeah seems like they have a really cool farm out there um, which actually, you know, the name of the brewery is Sideways Farm and Brewing. So they actually, uh, the owners, John Schneider and Carrie Ann Schneider, they produce all these different plants on site. They have their own farm and bring those ingredients in, anything from, you know, berries that are adjuncts for the beer to now using hops that they've actually sourced some of these plants from the uh, homegrown project that NC State's been doing. So, now they have their own hops on site, and uh, occasionally they get batches sent in from the uh, the hop farms that are off-site uh, just to m- make up for demand. But they're a small enough scale brewery where they're able to actually make like one to two batches a week, I read, in mm-hmm. R-State Magazine. So they're doing a couple batches per week at a you know small yield, but uh, that's kind of where things are if that gives you an idea of the scale of what we can produce with these North Carolina hops at this point. Uh, like you mentioned, Sierra Nevada, they're definitely using some of these NC hops for some limited like tap room releases and things that are, you know, definitely small batch, especially by their standards. Um, but they're just such a large scale brewery that at this point we're not able to produce nearly enough to meet their demands. And so they're still getting in, you know, they're largely, they're getting their hops in from the Pacific Northwest to, to -hmm. meet their production needs. And it's no surprise, um, they're, they're like on the cusp of macro brewery. I mean, really, if, if they weren't identified as a an independent craft brewery, I think it'd be totally different. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we're definitely interested to see how mm-hmm. how far we've come in the 10-ish years that this project's been underway. Yeah. Should we crack another beer? Should we wait? Oh, I would be just delighted to. Yeah, so brought over another beer. This one actually is hoppy as well, and it's from Charlotte, North Carolina. Old Mecklenburg. Old Mecklenburg. This is called Unforeseen. It is basically just a simple IPA that 
advertises the four ingredients you need to make beer, which which are home, Snickers bars, <laughs> ketchup, <laughs> ketchup, <laughs> a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, and kitty litter. <laughs> which sometimes people you know make comments about what hops smell like, and mm. I feel like I've heard caddy, kitty litter be, uh, caddy, yeah, caddy. For yeah, like mosaic, else. especially. Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, but so. this beer also has a very interesting top. It's got a pull can, yes. like a not pull can, pull tab, bottle cap. It's very. It doesn't like pop off. You just kind of peel it away and pull it off. Yeah, very when I first choice. saw it, I thought it was going to basically like rip just the like crown of the beer cap off. Mm. But it kind of pulls it back just enough to where the whole thing, the sides, off. kind of are able to release. And I don't know. It's interesting because it's for, I brought, see, this is what's funny. I brought a bottle opener out when we set up here because I was like, oh, I got to crack this cap. I totally forgot. <laughs> it forgot it that. That. <laughs> but the little uh, ring sits on the side of the bottle. It packages simply and uh, it's super easy to pull off, but it keeps that nice tight seal. It's not a twist off. So you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about any kind of oxygen getting into the beer. Yeah. But, uh, very interesting design. Yeah, so actually, you know, the, the four ingredients for beer, of course, are water, hops, malt, and yeast. And so this beer, as Old Mecklenburg tends to do, they tended to have, I don't want to say simple, but they stay true to, you know, like traditional brewing, traditional ingredients. You don't see them get really fussy a lot with like, you know, s'mores, peanut butter, stouts, barrel-aged, and brandy barrels. I mean, they just... <laughs> Are doing these really kind of simple traditional recipes, doing them really well, but uh, unforeseen. If you look at the label, it just kind of seems like they really want to showcase, you know, the four brewing ingredients and make a, a very traditional IPA mm-hmm. out of it. And this IPA is really nice looking. It's got a strong golden caramel hue. Yeah, yeah, it's got like... a darker hue to it, and it maintains a really nice head that's looking like it's going to leave a lot of lace on the glass. Mm-hmm. The first one I've had was out of the bottle, so I have no idea what it looks like in a glass. So this is really nice, fresh look. And we're coming in at six point eight percent ABV. So uh, for all those at home, that stands for uh, average baboon violence. <laughs> um, and you know, yeah, it smells like an IPA. It smells pretty hoppy. It's got a little, almost like dank character to it. Kind of a musty little hop friend here yeah definitely some more resinous hop aroma than we're than we were experiencing completely with the different from the last beer oh yeah <laughs> and it just goes to show you like what you can get with different hop varieties i don't know if this one actually mentions on there what kind of hops. yeah they don't tell you what it is might be able to look that up but yeah i mean when you're using you know citra hops and you know cascade and things like that you might get a totally different kind of aroma and flavor from the hops especially if you're doing like dry hopped or making a hazy you're going to get different clarity different mouthfeel this to me just is like screams hey we're making an ipa by every like what what you would picture in a dictionary if someone wrote ipa this is what you would look at this is what you would smell typical like american ipa you know not Mm. too bitter nice finish good balance between malt and hops super nice balance uh this was made with Callista, simcoe centennia centennia centennial and solero hops 
I'm not about Callista and Solero, but definitely, you know, Simcoe Centennial, old mm-hmm. standbys for American IPAs. Oh, yeah. uh, they even give you the IBUs, 25. Lower than I thought it would be. And IBUs, of course, stand for icky brown underwear. Oh, I thought this was for baboon-related things again. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think about it. Uh, I rate baboon units. Oh, yeah. You don't want to get baboons mad. No, they're already get, you're getting their average baboon violence. Hey, baboon, look at your butt. It's so red. <laughs> I don't know if that would set the baboon off or not. I probably would. But, yeah. Uh, no doubt these hops are probably not grown in North Carolina. No, but, definitely not. Um, still very interesting. Uh, definitely check out uh, either Our State Magazine if you want to read more about this mm-hmm. project as far as 2023 or kind of recent updates. Um, you can also go online, check out the Homegrown Project. If you look up like NC Homegrown or go to uh, the NC State Extension, yeah. um, you'll see the Hops Project. You'll kind of go back to like 2010, 2012 when it was first derived. And then they have some updates throughout to kind of detail what advances have been made, where the staff and the faculty have been, and the research has been making progress. Um, reading about the the two hop varietals we just mm-hmm. mentioned, those I found in the R State magazine where they actually mentioned the NC seventeen oh seven and the NC sixteen oh. Six? Yeah. 1601? 1601. But on their website, too, they have some more information. You know, it's a little dated from 2019, so not a ton of new stuff. But they they give some, you know, uh, data about the conditions as well as, like, the growth and stuff. So just for example, you know, as to why it's hard to grow hops in North Carolina, uh, in their Mills River uh, location versus Yakima, Washington. So average temperatures, you know, were very different uh so like for you know june temps were 59 to 81 versus only 48 to 80 so a solid like 10 degrees higher at baseline uh same thing for july and august you know pretty standard higher temps across the uh time of daylight too so the length of the day is dramatically different so north carolina topping out at about you know uh 14 and a half hours, whereas uh, Yakima, anywhere from, you know, 15 and a half to 15.45 for hours of the day. So a whole, you know, hour longer on average. Oh, yeah. And the probably the biggest and highest contrast is the rainfall content. You know, almost tenfold higher rain difference in North Carolina. So looking at... Yeah. Uh, actually over tenfold because it's 26 inches of rain for Mills River versus 2.6 inches uh, in Yakima. So almost 27 inches of rain for Mills River. But just shows you the, the differences they're trying to overcome to help these crops thrive. And ultimately, another benefit we really haven't talked about would be the economic benefit to brewers here. Because you can, as you can imagine, shipping hops across the country, trying to maintain their freshness, or, you know, if it's some dried hops or pelletized hops, you know, there's processing associated with that to keep it good for shipping and, and all sorts of things. So breweries could keep their costs down and hops, you know, notably one of the more expensive ingredients in brewing. So having a local source that you can Mm -hmm. cut out some of that shipping, you can get a little bit better rates uh, from local hop producers. That would be a huge economic benefit for the breweries. Oh yeah. And, and, Dr. Janine Davis from the NC State Extension Program was 
mentioning it in one interview I saw on YouTube. Uh, one other benefit is that North Carolina breweries could really kind of like target uh, sort of a, a message or sort of a, a niche mm-hmm. in the market about being NC Hops exclusive. Like their products are all grown locally. Well, maybe not all of it, but the hops are grown locally. That could really be an appealing um, tactic to use in your advertisement and marketing of your your beer product and mm-hmm. kind of have you stand alone or stand apart from other North Carolina breweries because it is getting, you know, not overly saturated, but the growth of breweries in North Carolina keeps going up. And so if you could say, hey, we have all our hops locally sourced in North Carolina, people might say, yeah, that sounds really cool. I want to flock to that brewery. Or I want to support them because it's locally grown, locally sourced. Um, that's definitely something that, you know, there's a market for that. So besides the economic benefits, there's also kind of like a, uh, maybe a target audience that they could reach that right now there's the, the market's wide open for that. Yeah. And I really, I mean, the number's expanding. So that stat I quoted earlier of uh, 350 plus breweries in North Carolina, uh, that was a couple years old from that hops article, but you know, looking at the craft brewers guild, their, their most updated information, there's more than 380 breweries and brew pubs now. So quite a lot in North Carolina. So a lot of hop supply and that includes some pretty huge ones, you know, uh, Sierra Nevada, new Belgium, uh, both in that Asheville area. Mm-hmm. You're really cranking up that hop production. So, <laughs> yeah. And you know, this isn't going to be the end all be all for, you know, even, even if production is able to increase and they're able to get more yield in North Carolina, there are going to be limitations on what hot varietals mm-hmm. they can, they can grow here. And so breweries, if they want to kind of branch out into different styles, we'll still have to source them from other places. Yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, there's just hot varieties from the Northwest. There's, you know, New Zealand hops. There's a lot of places around the world that kind of have, exclusive hops that you're searching for to create a different style and so english german all sorts of stuff so yeah they'll still have to but giving them an option to really like you said market that angle of hey this is north carolina beer get some (laughs) yeah i mean it's good for tourism if someone's coming from out of state and they come in and see a beer on the menu that's exclusively brewed with north carolina hops then that might appeal to them Mm -hmm. so the landscape looks pretty bright. It looks like things are trending positively for the NC State Extension uh, project. So yeah. excited to see what they can continue to do. And uh, hopefully we'll see some more NC hot beers on draft menus around the state. Yeah, yeah. be pretty cool. Well, speaking of hops, <laughs> uh, we got an LC pick on the table. So even in her absence, she's provided us with a pick. She never lets us down. Never lets us down. Nick, if you want to grab that and... uh... Yeah, I can do the honors today. You typically are doing the honors, so... Plus, I don't want to... So, I'm part of a... I did an exercise study uh, through ECU, and it involved Uh, muscle biopsies. uh, So, those are trying to heal right now. (laughs) So, I'm trying to limit my getting up and down. I'm having a little little post-procedural bleeding that I'm trying to keep curtailed. Yeah, uh, and so let me drink some alcohol. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, always I mean, helps with with stopping bleeding. So yeah, no, I mean, I think you just got to replenish. You got to rehydrate after having all that blood drawn too. So yeah, exactly. Well, actually, so. you didn't have any blood drawn. Just I did have blood draws. Oh, okay. So there's quite a few blood draws associated with it as well. So yeah, so all the more reason to have LC's pick of the week. LC's pick of the week. 
Joe's gonna. Assume I guess I can position. assume the position. I'll uh, I'll get your glass for you. Don't you don't you worry. Cracking of a beer. All right. Let's see what we got here. Ooh, it sounds foamy just from the feedback I'm getting in the headphones. <laughs> there you are. Thank you, sir. Okay. Very interesting smell. Huh. This almost smells like one of those Brewdog NA beers that Lauren got for herself for her pregnancy, which she really hasn't drank in many of. You know, it's just got that like light hopped beer aroma. <laughs> yeah, definitely just straight hops on the nose. Not a lot of like malt character peeking through at all. But like earthy hops, like. Yeah, really vegetal, kind of grassy. Yeah, it's like if you have some hops in your hand and you squish them around and you're like get blasted with yeah. with that. That's pretty much. Yeah, I actually just did the Sierra Nevada hops tour. Well, beyond the pale tour at mm. the Chico brewery while we're out in uh, California and uh, went to the hop room where they have all their hop pellets that are, or, well, basically the cones that have been packed and processed and you can take the cones and rub them between your hands and release the lupulin oil. And uh, it smells just like when you get some of those hop varieties. I wish I was better at, better at identifying hop aroma because I probably smelled one of these at the oh yeah at the brewery. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna just go right out on a limb right now and say this is this is a non-alcoholic. Uh, Interesting. Uh, hoppy beer. Just the flavor. The body is super light. Yep. It's and super like light. Very like minimal malt. Uh, plus, they're just they kind of have that flavor to them where it's just all hop, not backed up by anything. Let me take a look. Very. Oh wow. It looks like a Bud Light in a glass. Super clear. Very clear. Yeah, I definitely get what you're saying, too. I've had a couple NA beers, you know, from Athletic or BrewDog. Mm-hmm. And they just have a distinct... I, th- I think, like, NA craft beers, I can identify a little easier than I can identify, like, an NA domestic Yeah, beer, like a Bush like NA a, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. They're just too similar to the... Because they're kind of bland and flavor mm-hmm. as at a baseline so yeah i'm saying this is not bad like this is a like these are good alternatives to uh to alcohol in your beer folks he's done it <laughs> punk af punk af yeah it's a non-alcoholic beer from brew dog contains less than 0.5 percent alcohol by volume Mm, so there's alcohol in it so i think lc was just a little bit concerned for you you know having those biopsies and everything she's like I yeah i want you to drink anything too heavy so here's an na brew but uh yep almost caught us but she didn't because joe is astute <laughs> and uh yeah only 20 calories 2.3 grams of carbs so that's pretty nice too yeah like 20 cows i think that's something i don't think about a lot with na beers is you know, you're still expecting to consume some calories, but this is so low cal that you could have a couple of these yeah. and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, it's not like because before I was like, any beer? Why would you want any beer if it's still got calories and still this and that? Like, just have a diet. Soda. What's the point? You know, and then but this like 20 calories versus I'm sure these other beers that we had like that endless rain or even this old neck 
beer, probably, you know, 200 plus calories in mm-hmm. it. I think, what was the stat that I saw? Like, high lie has 240 calories oh, per gosh. can. And it's like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> but 20 calories, I mean, it's a nice, like, beach beverage. Oh, yeah. Nice, just kind of anything. Like, you you want a little bit of hop flavor? I'm a huge fan of the, the hop waters. Hoppy oh, yeah. Refresher from, uh, gosh, Lagunitas. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of what theirs was called. I know they have a mm-hmm. they have one, and then uh, there was a hop water that, is it New South and Myrtle Beach? Yeah, they, they a, had some. They had well, some kind of hop water? I don't know if they still have it, but they had it. It was actually really cool. They had it there, and they had it on tap. So they had like oh, a water yeah. tap, and then next to it was their hop water tap. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is cool. And then I bought like a six-pack of them because they were had them in cans too, so... Uh, just a nice, refreshing, sparkling beverage. This one's a little bit more, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, looking at it though, still got some lacing in the glass. Still has good head retention. Nice clarity. Still got a little bit of a color. It looks kind of like urine in a in a glass, but <laughs> just that kind of color. But yeah, not bad. Couldn't stump us this time though, LC. Yeah, I was trying to see if I mentioned what kind of hops are used. Um, I don't, don't see the hot varietal listed on here, but uh, I may have to look up which one it is. I'm 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 guessing it's something like, uh, I wonder if it's like Simcoe or, what's like really grassy? Like grassy. Is Chinook? Is that grassy? I, I don't know. I'm not the most we're gonna have to do a, well-versed in, uh, we're going to have to do like a, a hops well, we've done like a hops episode, but we should do like hop varieties and characteristics and I just got to really study up on that area. No, their website doesn't say either what uh, hops are. They say juicy tropical fruits. Hmm. Mixes it up with grassy and pine notes. I'm just getting grassy and just pine grassy. notes. Just grassy. Yeah. Uh, on a solid malt baseline. I'd say it's not the most solid baseline. It's kind of like, you know, those non-Newtonian fluids. <laughs> <laughs> liquids that you you see those videos that people like mix cornstarch and whatever and then you can like if you do high impacts on it it holds you up but if it's uh oh. you know you just stand out it, you sink that's, interesting that's what <laughs> that's more like the malt baseline that i'm getting from this than a solid malt <laughs> baseline. <laughs> that is the most sciencey thing we've probably ever said on this <sighs> show but uh yeah so <laughs> it's uh not bad. Not bad. Not bad. In the conclusion? Not bad. Not bad. It's good. It's good in the right times. I don't know if it's punk AF, but it's kind of punk. Yeah, I don't think it's punk AF unless you're like, I'm going to be punk and not drink beer when everyone else is drinking beer. You know? Yeah, that would, that would be pretty punk. That's punk, but this it just as itself, it's not super punk. But yeah, but uh, cool. what'd you learn today, Nick? Uh, you know... Biggest thing I think that I took away from this was North Carolina has so much to offer, but also we have to step back and remember that there's a reason our history, especially in the United States, is like so like sectioned off by the region you live in and what crops flourish. And that was kind of what paved the landscape for this country was, Mm -hmm. you know, the South is known for things like tobacco and other cash crops and then you have the northwest where it's like potatoes and 
apparently hops now, but <laughs> um, hops didn't really change the landscape of the U.S. But uh, you can kind of com you can combat that now. Mm-hmm. We're at a place in time where science is able to basically, you know, like selective breeding is a thing, and you can say, "Hey, I want to grow this here. How do I do it?" And you just yeah. use uh, years of just get a PhD and uh, <laughs> and years of funding, and you can do you can grow wherever you want, wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that, it's that easy. Yeah, I mean, it's a new thing, but it's also a very old old technique as well. I mean, we've been selectively breeding crops for yeah. a long, long time, but I think we can do it at an accelerated rate now with some of our, you know, yeah. testing and nature kind of does it anyway. I mean, like things push up into other regions where it's like, wow, you know, this plant's not native to this area, but you know, somehow it got transplanted or something and then it just kind of starts to adapt now it's an invasive species (laughs) as jeff goldblum would say life uh finds a way (laughs) both of these plants were female now they have eggs (laughs) you know uh the nc state extension program uh they thought about whether or not they could but didn't stop to think if they should if they should they took frog from DNA and mixed it with DNA from the mosquitoes in the amber. And now they have super mutant hops. Can you imagine if it was... Well, what's interesting is... Oh, we're getting too tangential here, but... <laughs> side note. So, Dogfish Head has this like ancient ale series mm-hmm. where the beers in that series are kind of... Like Midas Touch yeah. and like some based Ninkasi on ancient one recipes or, or like translations of different scribes or depictions, and they're like, "Oh, this looks like these ingredients in this tomb were used to make beer," and so they replicate that. Um, it'd be interesting though if they like try to like simulate or grow like an ancient, you know, hop variety, yeah, or some kind of plant that no longer flourishes. But that's just. A story for another time. Yeah. What did you learn today? <laughs> I've just been blabbering <laughs> over here. Oh gosh, what did I learn? I learned. Oh, well, first I learned about the NC State Extension Research and Extension Program. Kind of a cool thing, and I, I learned honestly that people are trying to make hops in North Carolina a thing, and I, I, I think it's pretty cool. You know, I think it's uh, will be nice to to see some of that and to see some yeah. growth and and just see. I think it's the next step for like. North Carolina craft beer. Imagine yeah. having a fresh hop IPA from... And that's the thing, yeah. Two it, feet down the road, you know? It could... that That's the most accessible way to do, I think, fresh hop beers in North Carolina. And uh, it's really cool to see someone as big as Sierra Nevada kind of getting into that in their, uh, their Mills River location. Mm-hmm. You know, they're right there in the thick of it. So I think having them on board and them take part in this initiative... Is only going to help accelerate because they have such a large, like, reach in the craft beer industry. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, cool. All right, yeah. Well, that wraps us up for episode number 58. Uh, if you would like, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, a five-star one would be preferred. And you can even write a little nice little comment, you know, like, you guys have soothing voices that lull me to sleep. Uh <laughs> Maybe that was a little creepy. Don't do that. But, uh, you know, uh, feel free to reach out and say hello. We are on Gmail at East Carolina Beer at gmail.com, Facebook at East Carolina Beer and Brewing, on uh, Twitter at East Beer, although I haven't checked that one in a while, and Instagram at East Carolina Beer. Uh, 
feel free to hit us up interact we love it we like hearing from you guys uh it's just good to know that somebody's out there listening to the show and that wraps us up cheers cheers